Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I don't know if it was a week or two weeks ago, I forget at this point, but I gave a homily on faith, and I let us know that faith was one of those words that we all kind of intuitively presume we know. We're like, oh yeah, I have faith, oh, I'm a person of faith. But then when we sit down and think about the word faith, we don't really know what we mean exactly, it's a little vague. And what I told us all about a few weeks ago, which I'm sure you've memorized and just have on your dashboards or mirrors at home, but in case you don't, I'll remind you. Uh, Pope St. John Paul II gave us a definition of faith that can be really helpful. And faith is the openness of the bride to the gift of the bridegroom. The church is the bride and Jesus is the bridegroom. So it's the openness of the men and women of the church to the gift of Jesus. And this openness makes us wildly vulnerable because we become dependent. We trust in another's love and security. And usually when we were vulnerable and we trusted, at some point in our lives we got disappointed or hurt. And so we don't like the posture of openness. So it's hard to stay open. It's hard to live in dependency in vulnerability to say my life is taken care of by the love of another. Whether we call him Jesus or not, that's just a tough thing to do. And we see how tough it is today in the first reading. is a great depiction of this. Amalek has just waged war against Israel. So there's this big battle. So you can imagine to read this on a spiritual level. Something comes into your family or your home or your life that is getting everything all out of sorts. Maybe it's a sin you can't get rid of. Maybe it's just a terrible diagnosis. Maybe it's a a tragedy like a job loss. Maybe it's you hear of a divorce in your family or friends. You think, "I, I didn't even know they were struggling. Something shifts. Something happens that causes distress in your life. That's Amalek. And then Moses says, all right, I'm going to pray and we're going to go to war about this. Meaning, we're going to engage this. We're not going to run away We're not going to say it's fine. We're going to ask God to do something for us. And Moses goes up this mountain, and as long as Moses' arms are open, Israel wins. But as soon as his arms start falling down, because it's hard to hold your arms up, Amalek starts winning. The image is perfect. The openness to God's power working through him allowed Israel to push back against Amalek and all the destructive powers coming against Israel. But as soon as his arms went down, Amalek was more powerful. To the degree that we're vulnerable before God and dependent on him, he can work mighty deeds in us and through us. But when we start closing off, whether out of just sin, out of distrust, fear, or just weariness and exhaustion, when we start closing off and getting self-reliant, we hinder God's power. Not because we're stronger than God, but because he wants to do things with us and for us, 
not against us. So as Moses is pressing into these things, the first great lesson is just that, is God can do amazing things with you and through you and for you. Our invitation is, will we stay open to the gift? But it's also true that even if we're open to the gift, it's not enough to have a me and Jesus kind of life. Moses is open to the gift. It's Moses, all right? He's amazing. He's open to the gift, but guess what? He's not strong enough to stay open. He's weak. He has limits. And this is one of the things God does in our lives, is he begins to draw us in the spiritual life. Maybe you went on a Christ Renews his parish. Maybe you went on a life teen retreat, or maybe it was back in high school. But you had this powerful experience, and you're open, and you're excited about God, and you're all in. But as you continue to be open, you get weary. You get tired. And at this point is the second great lesson. God doesn't expect us to be able to do this on our own. Next to Moses was Aaron and Hur. Two people that God had given Moses as companions, as friends. We could call them soul friends or fellow disciples in the Lord. And so as Moses gets weak, what do they do? They don't just like applaud and say, keep going, you got this. They get him to sit on a rock so he doesn't have to stand the whole time. See, they bring him comfort. As he's beginning to try to be open to God, he's, and these people close to him, God is providing for his needs through his friends around him. And he sits him on a rock. And then after that, each one takes a hand and holds Moses' arms up. So that his arms being opened, God can continue to pour out the powerful love and grace so that Israel can win and be victorious. This is the second most important lesson of this first reading is God gives us people to journey with, not just to serve in love, but to be helped. One of the most revolutionary lines I ever learned in the spiritual life was one sentence. It changed literally everything for me. And it was this. The most fruitful human activity. So by the way, when you're reading, anytime you see a sentence like that, you go, well, this better finish really good. Because to say the most fruitful. The most fruitful human activity is to receive from God. Here's how we like to finish the sentence. The most fruitful human activity is to try really hard. The most fruitful human activity is to stay really busy by helping others because that way we can look so impressive for what we're doing in the kingdom and we might be able to assuage some of the shame we feel about ourselves and our life story. The most fruitful human activity is to be at the right place at the right time and to know the right people. Nope. The most fruitful human activity is to receive from God. The man who wrote this was a Dominican priest who authored the fourth section of the Catechism on Prayer and outlined the third section of the Catechism on the Sacraments. He influenced Pope Benedict's writings immensely. He was a brilliant and holy man. But he wrote this while meditating on the Blessed Mother, 
her life was the most fruitful because through her came the Son of God, the Savior of the world. What did she do? She read a lot of books. What did she do? She tried really hard. What did she do? She knew a guy. What did she do? She stayed open and vulnerable to the gift of God in her life. And then she depended on the people around her, first Elizabeth and Zechariah, and then Joseph, to keep her open in living out that mission. So to put this a little flesh on it this week for us, here's my challenge for you. This week to live out the scriptures, ask for help. The littlest thing, the biggest thing, at work, at home, something coming up, ask for help. Say, hey, you know what? I've been trying to do this thing around my house. Do you have it at any time this week to come over and help me build a shelf, clean my garage? Hey, could you help me at work? I've been trying to figure out how to do these emails or Excel spreadsheets. Could you take some time this week and teach me how to do these? Ask for help this week. It's a sign that you know the God that's revealed in the scriptures. Amen.